Well, this is a low point of the season for IU football after an absolute thrashing in Happy Valley at the hands of Penn State on Saturday, which means there is plenty for us to attempt to digest as we try to figure out where this program is heading into a bye week this week. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Hoosiers? It is Monday, October 4th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers. Thank you guys for making it part of your day as we bring you the latest in IU news. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. Appreciate you guys making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen of the day. And if you guys didn't know already, we are on YouTube. And anywhere that you guys uh, listen to podcasts, we are free and available everywhere. As we mentioned in the intro, certainly a lot to attempt to digest in today's podcast. We're not going to be able to get to all of it. It's a good thing we have a bye week in that regard, but we're going to try to start talking about where this IU football program is after a third loss to a top five team and possibly the worst yet on Saturday against Penn State. Before we jump into that, though, I want to reiterate to you guys to subscribe wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast at. Helps us out a ton. Last week was a fun week for us, and we have some guests lined up this week as well. Uh, Also heading into next week as we, as I said, plenty to talk about to try to figure out what is wrong with this program and where Uh, the Hoosiers go from here. If we're going to start talking about Saturday, though, I think the the one place that we need to start is with the injuries. By the time you're listening to this, we may potentially know about Michael Penix's injury. He obviously, uh, for those that missed it, left the game on Thursday in the third quarter. Didn't look right for most of the night. Certainly didn't look like the quarterback that played against Western Kentucky last week, even if that was a limited version of himself. He just never looked the same um, on Saturday. He was had his, uh, I believe, left knee looked at, which is not his surgically repaired knee. At one point, Jack Tuttle was warming up just in case. Then ultimately, he goes down with a left shoulder injury after being taken down, um, I guess technically on on a sack as he was kind of scrambling out of the pocket. Again, I don't want to dive too deep into it because I think we'll find out some more information on uh, Monday about that injury. And So with that in mind, be sure you follow at LO underscore Hoosiers. We will post a reaction. If he is done for the season, uh, we will post a video reaction uh, on our Twitter account. Try to make sense of that as well. So be sure you are following us there. That certainly wasn't the only injury and hasn't been the only injury that's plagued the Hoosiers. In many regards, Saturday was about as bad as it could go in that sense. Uh, DJ Matthews obviously was someone the Hoosiers had to replace coming in. Cam Buckley, who I know has been disappointing in some regards uh did not even make the trip to Penn State so he wasn't even an option to fill in for 
DJ Matthews, which left the receiving core very shorthanded down two receivers that saw um, regular snaps to varying degrees uh, during this season. Certainly did not help out things as IU's offense looked lost all night long, no matter who the quarterback was. Really never gained any sort of momentum. Uh, there were some chunk plays here and there, but it never really worked out. Defensively, though, I'm going to try to give the defense the credit it deserves, but that was a, a Herculean effort. I know it came in a 24 to nothing shutout. I know um, 24 points is not something you associate with a Herculean effort, but what that defense did on uh, Saturday was incredibly impressive. If nothing else, because they went into that game without Micah McF- or excuse me, without Taiwan Mullen. Uh, the All-American cornerback going up against arguably the best wide receiver in the country and Jahan Dotson. We talked a lot about how fun that matchup was going to be, and then, boom, 30 seconds before the game, no Taiwan Mullen. Reese Taylor got injured at one point in the game. I don't think he ever came back. Uh, Coach Allen talked after the game that neither of those injuries he thinks are going to be long-term. Raheem Lane went down. That one looked much worse. He was carted off the field, I believe. Uh, Micah McFadden, he kind of looked a little sore going off the field. He went off slow. He said after the game that it wasn't any sort of um, significant injury. That being said, Taiwan Mullen said that last week after the Western Kentucky game, and he never was able to get back on the field. Uh the Hoosier defense has just been absolutely battered, has been without people all season. Uh, Jalen Williams um, never – or Jalen Williams missed part of last week. He was in concussion protocol. He ended up playing, and the Hoosiers badly needed him. Devin Matthews got hurt in that first game of the season. He's only been recently able to work himself back. Injuries have really depleted this team, and when you're underperforming like they are, it makes it even more um, significant to lose those guys. That's one of the biggest things to me. It was so frustrating to see this team just literally falling apart uh, on top of the underperforming. Now, underperforming is probably the next place we need to go, and I don't think that's any more the case than on the offense. Listen, again, there were calls for Michael Penix to be benched on Saturday. They were as loud as they ever have been. I'm certainly not going to get into that debate again because we don't even know what Penix's status is. Uh, They were talking about joint separation that this medical staff was looking at. Um, I don't want to dive into that because, one, I don't know a lot about it, and two, it may be old news by the time you're listening to this. So, uh, But regardless if it's Penix or we saw Jack Tuttle play as well, the offense didn't really change. Um, The issues are far more kind of schematic than anything else. Nick Sheridan has a lot of... Uh, self-reflecting to do offensive coordinator Nick Sheridan it's this offense has become too predictable in a lot of ways I know a lot of the frustration comes from how often they run on first down to be honest I haven't rewatched the game yet I couldn't bring myself to do that on Sunday I often rewatch it on Sunday well up to this point I, I've rewatched every game on Sunday to talk to you guys about it I couldn't rewatch that on on Sunday, to be honest with you guys, that one was a brutal one. I plan on rewatching it this week, but I know Zach Osterman of the Indy Star tweeted uh, at halftime 
he has or he had IU starting seven of its eight drives in the first half with a run play. They gained varying uh, yardage. Four of them were positive. Uh, three of them were for uh, no yards. Um, it that's not even really the problem. The problem is the offense is predictable right now. Uh, they're trying to do these really kind of complex things at times. It really just needs to be a simplified offense right now. And there, there's just really a lot of changes that need to come that I, I can't possibly dive into right now. Uh, there's just so much stuff that has to change. We're going to talk about the offense probably a lot this week. I have multiple guests coming on. Jared will be on this week. I have another guest that will be on later in the week. There's going to be plenty of talk about the offense. But right now it is very broken. And with or without Penix, things have to change. Uh, and I, it, it wasn't as much of an issue. It didn't feel like last season. Maybe I was too in the weeds and too excited about how good we were playing. Uh, so I'm not really sure what has happened, but this offense is just a mess right now. And Saturday really exploited that. Uh, the other big thing we need to talk about especially after that loss, is whether the season's kind of lost at this point. I don't think it is, and I can explain to you guys why in one moment. If you guys haven't already, though, you need to try out prize picks. Uh, I hope last week you took the under in everything for Saturday's game. Uh, we didn't give you any prize pick suggestions, but we did tell you with Bet Online to take Penn State minus 12 and a half, and that was the safest bet of the night. For those that don't know what prize picks though, uh, is, though, it's your leader in daily fantasy college uh, sports. They have any prop you guys could imagine, uh, no matter what it is, from passing touchdowns, rushing yards, receptions, interceptions, whatever it is, they have you guys covered. Um, anybody that deposits right now using promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. They are giving you guys free money. Uh, the way it works, you pick two to five players, pick the over or under on their prop, uh, and you can win up to 10 times the amount on any entry. And it's just you versus those projected numbers. Price Picks also allows them to make sports entries. They have literally any sport you could think of. Uh, go check out the site today. It's fun to just kind of play around and look around, see what some of those props are. So head on over there with either the award-winning app uh, in the App Store on Google Play or on your computer. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com today. Use that promo code locked on. Get you some free money. And uh, I mean, they make daily fantasy sports easy. So nothing really to complain about. Go get you some free money. Uh, if parlays aren't the only thing you're cooking up either, we have a new sponsor for you guys. Uh, if it's quality and craftsmanship that's important to you, you guys need to check out Made In. Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and wine glasses. Made In produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made-in products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven. They have 40,000 five-star reviews. 
Uh, everybody loves these. They're tested. Uh, made in is better cookware for better meals. So if any of this is interesting to you guys, you're in the uh, you're searching for new cookware, uh, ovenware, kitchenware, anything like that. Uh, head on over to Made In, where they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code Locked On. That's the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Get go to MadeInCookware.com/slash/LockedOn. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. Now, that was as deflating of a loss as there's been this season, and there's been some deflating losses. The season is still not lost. We told you before the season uh, that there's a really good chance IU would be two and three at this point, and things aren't lost. We told you last week that there was a good chance they'd be two and three, and things aren't lost. What I will grant is the way that they're losing these games is not offering much in the way of optimism. Uh, this this has been a rough set of games, of five games. And honestly, the word I've used a couple times is just deflating. Like there was so much excitement about this season uh, coming into it. And to go two and three in the manner in which they've done it, especially after last season, like, this has just been deflating. This has just been a deflating start to the season, a deflating first month of the season, but it's not lost. I think context is important. If you take a look at the rankings right now, I know if you're like me, you've kind of avoided them because you're just kind of jealous of the fact that IU isn't ranked anymore. But Sunday's rankings, uh, number three is Iowa, who IU lost to. Number four is Penn State who IU just lost to. Number five is Cincinnati, who IU just lost to. If the playoffs were to start now, basically four of the top five teams, uh, or three of the top five teams are all teams IU's face in the first uh, five weeks of the season. It doesn't excuse the performances, like I said, but it it offers some important context. And though you're... IU's not going to play anybody tougher than that the rest of the way. Now, they haven't exactly showed that they're able to compete with most of those guys, but there's some reason for hope. Uh, Bill Connolly, who does SP+, uh, mentioned the hardest schedules to date based on SP+. Indiana's fifth. Uh, shockingly, Rutgers is up there. Another team in the Big Ten East. Wisconsin's up there another Big Ten team, but the hardest full-season schedules right now is Indiana, number one. And again, the Big Ten East. Love to play in the Big Ten East. Uh, we've talked about this in the crossover episode with uh, Kevin McGuire. It's something that is needs to be fixed. These are wildly unbalanced uh, divisions. They've been that way for a while, but the result is IU has this basically problem every season. So there is still a pretty clear path to six wins. Maryland looked awful on Friday night. Still not sold on Rutger. Minnesota hasn't really looked good. And then there's Purdue, who isn't good. There's your four games right there. Again, now they're, they've are they become basically must-win games. No, not basically. They are must-win games. 
unless you're going to upset one of Michigan State, Ohio State, or Michigan. But the path is still there to six wins, and IU is going to be favored in each of those games, I think. So the good news is the worst is behind IU, I think. The bad news is the pressure's turned up a little bit to still make a bowl game, which is a lot of what we talked about in the preseason is what makes this a successful season. A bowl game is the bottom, is the standard, the bottom line right now. That's kind of where we're headed right now. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take a look at three of the biggest plays, as we always do. Uh, that first segment and a half went much longer, but again, there's so much to talk about with IU right now that we may push part of this podcast to tomorrow when we talk with Jared, because I'm sure he's going to have lots of thoughts as well. I know we're going to talk a lot about the offense with a guest that we will have later in the week as well. But let's talk about some of the notable plays on the night. First one to go to is the fourth and one for the Hoosiers at the Penn State four yard line, two minutes into the or two minutes left in the first quarter. Seven nothing game. IU just picked off. Um, Sean Clifford returned it into the red zone. And they have this fourth and one scenario. First thing to note is that the spot was wrong before that. They reviewed it. You can't change a spot. You can just change whether it was a first down or not. It wasn't a first down, so they didn't change a spot. They spotted the ball about a half yard too far back. Ultimately, it did. I don't think that it mattered because I don't think Stephen Carr really gained anything. But those are fine margins that the Big Ten routinely kind of messes up. Uh, ultimately, the play call was a run inside run left side it was a run pass option actually uh before i dive into it i want to say i think it was the right decision to go for it kicking a field goal there i know in hindsight looks better be aggressive play to win the game i like the decision it was an all right play call ultimately i don't think you were going to get a guy on the perimeter uh as we saw all night and really all season i you can't really get guys on the edge in the run game, the offensive line's too bad. Um, the problem was just kind of poor execution a bit on Indiana's part, but really good execution by Penn State. So it was a run-pass option where um, Michael Penix is reading the defensive end to his left, who stayed. Um, ultimately, that was it was the right decision to hand it off uh, because – there was a defender on his backside that would have absolutely hammered him if he kept onto it for a pass. The problem in those is that the hinder shots coming across uh, the line. And if he knew it was a run and he could have blocked that defensive end, it's a first down because it's a run pass option. He's running a route into the flat. He runs right by that defender. That defender makes the play. It's a turnover on downs. Again, I don't hate the play call. Maybe you could make an argument for a QB sneak, which is what the the broadcast was saying. It was too far to do IU's little get to the line and sneak it in. Maybe if they get the spot right, they do that. IU has a lot of success with just um, getting to the line under center, Pennix snapping the ball and just following typically the right guard forward. They had success with that. Maybe if you get the spot right, it's different. But they didn't get the spot right, so the Hoosiers had more yards to gain by about a, a half yard, almost a full yard. Um, 
ultimately it didn't work. Sometimes you just do the right, the right things in college football, make the right decision. And those things don't work. The defense executed that perfectly. That's a really good Penn state defense. And, uh, the, the Hoosiers couldn't capitalize again. I like the play call. Tom Allen talked about it after the game. He said, field goals aren't going to win you games on the road. Um, again, all this sounds different in hindsight, but if you take it into account at the time, if they get that first down, get the touchdown, it's a seven, seven game has an entirely different feel to it. Seven, three. I don't know that how much it really changes things. It almost feels like a bit of a win for Penn state's defense to hold them to a field goal, especially how deep they returned it. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, they kicked the field goal later in the game. Tom Allen said at that point, they just wanted a positive to build on which the field goal was blocked, so you didn't even get that. I agree with both calls. Again, sometimes in hindsight it looks bad. You can't really measure things in hindsight. In the moment, I agreed with everything that happened. Uh, Again, as I said, (laughs) we've run long a bit on these, so we're going to take one more break, try to race through the rest of this. Uh, Before we do that, we got to talk about not just Built Bar, but the fact that they have a limited-time flavor. Cookie dough chunk. I know I am excited for that flavor. The only thing I like more than cookies and cream is cookie dough. So uh, head on over if you guys have not heard of Built Bar. They have a ton of delicious flavors. The cookie dough chunk, the uh, cookies and cream, the cherry barcia, the salted caramel, coconut. Tons, tons of flavors for you guys to choose from. Uh, If you haven't tried any of them, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. They're not only tasty, though, guys, they're healthy for you. You're looking at 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're tasty, they're healthy, amazing flavors. No reason not to head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Two other plays I want to talk about. First one is a uh, third down in the third quarter. Third and 12 at the IU 49, 6.59 left. It's a 14-0 Penn State game. Um, This is a situation you would back IU's defense with how strong they've been this season, a third and long. um, And they bring pressure, as they typically do in those scenarios, The pressure forces Sean Clifford up in the pocket, and every IU was perfectly set up for this play. Uh, Micah McFadden faked blitzing, kind of that double A gap blitz, backed up, and he was spying Sean Clifford. So when Clifford steps up in the pocket, McFadden is right there. Clifford takes off to his left. McFadden slips. He can't get up in time. Clifford runs for 13 yards at the sideline, gets the first down. Ultimately, um, McFad- once McFadden slipped, there was nobody to cover him, which, I mean, there shouldn't be. You would trust your All-American linebacker in that position. Uh, McFadden's great. He's dependable. It was just an unfortunate con- or circumstance, uh, but that drive continues. Eventually, Penn State scores the dagger touchdown. The, the larger point I want to make is that an area I use defense has had success in, mainly under Tom Allen, 
is getting off the field on those third downs and those fourth downs. And it didn't seem like they were able to do that as much on um, Saturday. That is a, I don't want to say a skill necessarily. It's just an important aspect of the game to be able to get off the field whenever you have those third down situations and forcing the punt, getting the ball back to your offense. Again, it's something that IU typically has had a lot of success in. Uh, that wasn't really the case on Saturday. At least it didn't feel like. Now, the stats say Penn State was 6-16 on third downs. All right, but they were 2-3 they were of three on fourth downs. So, um, ultimately, they were converting on a good chunk of their third and fourth downs, which if you're giving up even 8 of 19 on third and fourth downs doesn't sound like a lot. That's a lot of drives that are being continued when you could – get them off the field. Uh, comparatively, IU went 3 of 14 on third downs, 1 of 2 on fourth down. We just talked about the one that they didn't get. Now, having said that, the fourth down that IU was able to get the stop, I wanted to highlight just because, man, what an effort from this defense. So it's fourth and one at the IU one, 10.36 left in the fourth. It's a 21 to nothing game. The game feels like it's over. Um, IU's offense has not been able to do anything. Penn State is driving down the field, but they get to this fourth and one, fourth and goal, uh, not fourth and one, fourth and goal at the one. Uh, you would not have faulted IU for just kind of, I don't want to say giving up, but not putting full effort in here. That's not what they did. And that typifies this defensive effort and defensive performance on the night. They fought all night long. Again, 24 points sounds like a, a good chunk to give up. That was considering how quickly IU was giving the ball up back to a, the uh, Penn State offense. That was such a great performance from um, IU. This specific play, they line up with the kind of three in the backfield um, formation. I'm honestly not really sure what that formation is. Uh, someone smarter than me might be able to tell me, but they hand it off to Jones going left side. Both Cam Jones and Bryant Fitzgerald shed their blockers immediately and meet uh, the Penn State running back at the line of scrimmage. Micah McFadden comes in to help finish it off. I or, uh, Penn State is stopped at the one-yard line. IU gets the ball back. Ultimately, they did nothing with it on offense, as was the case all night. But I really wanted to to talk about that to kind of single out that performance for how impressive the defense was all night. They deserve so many kudos, not just for Saturday, but for all season. Um, they have been the rock for this team, and they're the only – a lot of games this season, they've been the only thing kind of keeping IU together. You, could, you wouldn't have blamed them if they kind of fell apart, especially last week considering – um, who they were playing, the performance of the offense, and the fact that we mentioned all those injuries at the beginning. But that wasn't the case. Shout out to Charlton Warren. Uh, we mentioned Nick Sheridan and how he's underperforming woefully this season. Charlton Warren in his first year has come in. This is such a damn good defense. And uh, they're so much fun to watch. The three players of the game, we're not going to be able to dive too much into them. Micah McFadden, still incredible. There's going to be a conversation we need to have at some point about where he ranks among the best IU players 
in recent history, kind of modern history, because he is flying up that list. Bryant Fitzgerald, we just mentioned, had a really, really, really good second half. And then Raheem Lane, again, another guy we may know more about his injury on Monday. I hope it's not as bad as it seemed. Uh, he had the one interception uh, on the night of Clifford. Uh, just a, a great defensive performance. Uh, thank you guys again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen of the day. Make sure you guys head on over to Locked on Big Ten next. Make that your second listen with Nate Dickinson. We're going to be on there later this week to talk about the Hoosiers. There's certainly plenty to talk about, but sometimes it's nice to kind of get an outsider's perspective as to what they see with this Hoosiers team, um, how they're kind of judging things a little bit. Uh, make sure you guys leave a rating and review if you've subscribed. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, go subscribe. I will read the uh, reviews on here if you guys leave one. So let's make this a conversation. I want to hear what you guys are thinking. How would you fix this IU offense? Uh, let me know. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like I said, we'll have Jared this week. We'll have another guest. We're going to try to talk a lot about football. I also want to do a whole episode at least on the soccer teams because – They've kind of been kicked to the curb a little bit. I certainly do not want to forget about them. We may try to get uh, someone to come on and talk about soccer as well, someone who's watched these games a little closer than I've been able to. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Like I mentioned earlier, we'll have reactions depending on the injury news for Michael Pinnock on Monday. Uh, head on over as well to Locked on Bets. Uh, it's a new podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They'll have you covered for the bye week. No Hoosiers this week, so there uh, are plenty of things to learn about from those guys. They will get you covered with Locked on Bets, brought to you by Bet Online AG, wherever you guys get your podcast. Have a great Monday, everybody. Don't let the Hoosiers get you down in LEO.